this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the hindus in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today earlier this month the world health organization issued a global warning about four cough syrups that it said were substandard products and were unsafe their use especially in children could result in serious injury or death the who said these four cough syrups promethazine oral solution cofexmelin baby cough syrup macoff baby cough syrup and magrip encold syrup were manufactured by maiden pharmaceuticals limited based in haryana india the medicines have been potentially linked with the deaths of over 60 children in the gambia a west african nation the drugs the who said contained unacceptable amounts of two contaminants diethylene glycol and ethylene glycol which are toxic diethylene glycol which is generally used in industrial products is believed to be used in medicines as an adulterant in order to cut costs this is not the first instance of deaths due to diethylene glycol there have been several cases of this in india too the latest being the deaths of 14 children in jammu in december 2019 India is the largest manufacturer of generic drugs in the world and supplies a range of drugs to 200 odd countries meeting about half of the global vaccine demand. It supplies nearly 40% of the generic drug demand in the United States and supplies about a quarter of all medicines in the United Kingdom. The industry is growing rapidly and is estimated to be worth about 49 billion US dollars currently. The Central Drug Standard Control Organization and the Haryana State Drug Controller have now directed a stop to all manufacturing activity at Maiden Pharmaceuticals Limited following the Gambia deaths and an expert committee has been constituted to look into this. But where does the responsibility for drugs lie? Who enforces our laws on spurious drugs and are they enough? Do we have enough resources to check on all of the drugs manufactured in India to ensure that they are safe for consumers? What is the pharma industry's role here and what is needed to ensure that no fake or substandard drug finds its way to a patient? To speak to us about this and more, we have with us today Nakul Pasricha, President and CEO of Pharma Secure, an organization that works towards the safety and authenticity in pharmaceuticals. Good morning Mr. Nakul Pasricha and welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Good morning, good to be here Subeda. So following the tragic deaths of over 60 children in the Gambia which the World Health Organization has warned may be potentially linked to four cough and cold syrups made in India could you give us a short explanation of what spurious fake and substandard drugs are and are there any studies that tell us about the scale of this problem in India Yes absolutely so beta the definition of uh, spurious substandard counterfeit etc is much debated both in india and internationally uh, but just to cut short and kind of talk about the two terms that are mostly used which is spurious and substandard essentially in in the indian context spurious a spurious drug is one that is not what it claims to be either because someone has deliberately faked the packaging and the product of a, a genuine manufacturer or because they have not put in the right ingredients into the drug and sometimes you find even poisonous substances being put in or they either don't have a license or they are not authorized in some way to produce the drugs and have and have therefore produced them a substandard drug by contrast is one that may contain the actual ingredients would maybe 
from the right manufacturer but may not meet the quality that you need for the drug to be effective such as it may not have the right quantity of ingredients uh, or it may fail other kinds of quality or lab testing uh, so as the efficacy of it is in question so we are one of the largest generic manufacturers of drugs in the world could you tell us about how this plays out in the context of substandard or spurious drugs do we have a huge problem with it so in terms of the statistics the global statistics and indian statistics are quite different i would say globally the last major you know worldwide study done by the who a few years ago indicated that one in 10 drugs that they found across countries uh, may be uh, falsified or substandard falsified is a term they use but essentially you can talk about it as being spurious Uh, other studies in the indian context by researchers uh, coming in from outside india have pegged the rate uh, of uh, spurious or substandard drugs uh, to be uh, as high as maybe even 10% however in india the two studies that have been done by the central uh, drug standards control organization cbsco Uh, have found the rate of spurious drugs to be about 0.3% and the rate of substandard drugs to be something in the range of 3 to 4% uh, and that uh, has been consistent as per their testing so the statistics do vary wildly uh, however uh, it is something that continues to be regarded as a problem to be addressed so you were talking to us about substandard drugs not meeting quality requirements Now the WHO called these four cough and cold syrups that it has issued an alert over as substandard and said that they contained a contaminant diethylene glycol which is poisonous. So basically the problem can get very bad if substandard drugs are in the market, correct? Not only can they uh, not help the patient get better quicker but they can also poison the patient. Absolutely. So in this particular case, uh, the the quantities of uh, diethylene glycol were uh, fatal, and it is something that even the in India when uh, when they tested uh, some samples, they found uh, the same kind of uh, contaminant to be in the medicine. So even substandard drugs are not to be taken lightly. Quite apart from the fact that they could have uh, contaminants that can be toxic and lethal, uh, substandard drugs. have other impacts for example uh, they could be contributing to the rise of drug resistant uh, tuberculosis uh, which you are, uh, i'm sure aware is a major problem or indeed uh, the rise of uh, of super bacteria that are resistant uh, to even some strong antibiotics uh, so you know that also could be exacerbated by the wrong kinds of ingredients or the or not the right quantity of ingredients being present in substandard drugs so potentially a doctor would give the medicine the patient would buy a substandard product and would not get better and therefore would have to go on to more advanced medication is that what the scenario is yes that's right so so if you either do not take the medicine even if it is a genuine medicine if you do not take the prescribed course uh, that is something that can lead to drug resistance uh, and and that can uh, cause a major problem in the population but the same effect can also be felt if you think you are taking for example 100 mg uh you know of a particular drug uh, but because it is substandard they only put 60 or 70 mg in there uh, it can have the same impact 
This is not the first et, uh, instance of diethylene glycol uh, deaths that we have heard. So even in India, we had a case in Jammu and Kashmir some time ago, correct? So we know that under the Drugs and Cosmetic Act 1940, the primary remit for monitoring the manufacture and sale of drugs is that of the state authorities, while the Central Drug Standard Control Organization is responsible for laying down standards and providing expert advice. Could you give us a brief overview of drug regulations in India, sir? What is our current system for monitoring of drugs that are in the market? Well, as you said, uh, the CDSCO is responsible for authorizing and granting licenses to manufacturers uh, and uh, or rather approving the release of a drug and either the import of a drug or, or kind of allowing a drug to be sold in India. But uh, when it comes to the state level, uh, they are the ones, the state regulators are the ones that are responsible for granting uh, licenses and for doing uh, to, to manufacturers in their state and for doing random checks uh, to ensure uh, the quality and efficacy of the drugs uh, that are that are being sold in the markets uh, and also to uh, to potentially be able to catch uh, any spurious drugs that are being introduced into the market. Uh, the challenge really, I think, arises from the fragmented system that we have uh, where, you know, if a manufacturer in a particular state is, uh, let's say, not complying with the standards and is, is manufacturing substandard drugs, which then get sent to another state, then you have an interstate issue where the drugs in question are being perhaps uh, found by local inspectors in that state, uh, but uh, the manufacturer is being regulated by the uh, by the drug controller in in the state where they are licensed and where their manufacturing unit is, and and this can introduce a potential friction and uh, and cause uh, delays and challenges in terms of bringing such cases to justice and taking swift action to ensure that uh, that uh, manufacturers that are uh, kind of introducing these these faulty and substandard products are not uh, held accountable for it. In fact, even when you look at the Maiden Pharmaceuticals case, it is well known that there have been incidents across states in the past where they have been, you know, accused and, uh, and, and kind of uh, cases of products that were manufactured by them not meeting the standards and causing harm. All of this is documented. There have been instances that have been well documented. In fact, even in other countries, I mean, um, drugs that they exported to, to Vietnam, uh, were, there were some, some issues and Vietnam actually banned them for two years from 2011 to 2013. So the question is that when there are so many incidents, why aren't we, why don't we have a system that is a little more fluid in terms of being able to, you know, take action and say, look, this is a company that clearly has failed the quality test multiple times uh, and we must have a coordinated, a comprehensive strategy for uh, ensuring that such manufacturers are not allowed to to function. And, and I think that partly because we have the CDSEO that is doing one job and, and we have state drug controllers that are doing a different job, perhaps that level of coordination could be improved in order to bring uh, more uh, efficiency in this kind of monitoring process. What you've pointed out seems to be quite a major problem, sir. One state has a factory that manufactures drugs, the drugs go into another state, there they are found to be substandard. 
but since the license is from another state it seems to create problems so we don't have an overall system that may, that primarily looks just at drug manufacturers and monitors spurious and substandard drugs in the market there is no one stop authority for this well so cdsco is the apex body and the drug controller general of india has the overall responsibility but but they are also in some ways kind of uh, perhaps uh, you know limited because the you know the, the state drug authorities have their own kind of systems and procedures in place so so i think we need kind of better coordination of course we also have the drugs and cosmetics act of 1940 which was also revised in 2008 and one of the things they did was was increase the penalties for spurious drugs where you know uh, you can face up to up to 10 years in prison and up to 10 lakhs uh, of monetary fine however you know in terms of i believe i really feel that we have the penalties we have certain procedures but i think the level of coordination and the level of enforcement and perhaps even the resources uh, needs to be pumped up so that we can make the system work more efficiently and effectively to capture these cases i mean there's little point in having things on the books if we are not able to enforce it because of you know either uh, the coordination issue or uh, the resources issue so the pharmaceutical industry is currently valued at uh, 49 billion us dollars and is estimated to grow to 130 billion us dollars by 2030 what has been the pharma industry's response to spurious and substandard drugs where does their responsibility begin and end on one hand of course we have the drug regulatory authorities of our country and of various states but what about the pharma industry's response Yes so the pharma industry uh, you know first of all we should say that obviously the pharma industry of india is one of the the crown jewels of of india's export uh, and and the domestic you know situation where uh, we are able to provide medicines with the pharmacy to the world and we're able to kind of really uh, have stepped up even during during covid times i think when these kinds of incidents occur in in a lot of the cases you know you do find the companies that are at the heart of this are companies that may not be amongst the more kind of reputed or well known manufacturers uh, uh, in india i think the and there is there is a reason for that it's because when i mean in my work we we deal we work with all kinds of pharma companies and what we find is that the companies that are the most successful the ones that that really have a, a strong reputation brand reputation global presence and are you know the crown jewels even within the the pharma industry in india they tend to have very strong procedures they tend to do things really by the book and they tend to take swift action when such incidents occur i think what we need is is more of that i think we need to encourage even the smaller and medium manufacturers to really adhere to quality to take that responsibility a little more seriously perhaps and such incidents would would indicate and of course we need that the penalties that we have are enforced so that it's not only up to the pharma company uh, the regulatory oversight also you know plays a role in terms of where such companies some companies may be taking a shortcut uh, you know making sure that that doesn't affect the the health and safety of patients in india or uh, you know around the
So tell us a little bit about how other countries uh, do this. How do they regulate uh, their manufacturing sale of drugs? We know that the FDA in the US for instance is a little bit more stringent. Do we do we have the same level of good manufacturing practices in our manufacturing uh, pharmacy manufacturing places or are we not at that level? So certainly we do have our own uh, processes and our own uh, procedures uh, you know in terms of the quality that should be you know adhered to uh, i think the us fda is well known for being a very very kind of stringent uh, and strong regulator whereby uh, in fact they even have an office in india uh, to conduct uh, you know random inspections and audits of companies that are exporting to the us that are licensed by the us to make sure that they are adhering to the quality standards that uh, that uh, you know they they have uh, professed to adhere to and uh, in many cases they find observations and and in in extreme cases they even suspend the right of these companies to export to the us until those observations and lacunae have been uh, have been properly addressed contrasting that with the case that we we know about uh, right now which is in the news of major pharmaceuticals there were multiple lacunae that had been identified across different states and that i think is the difference the difference is not that uh, perhaps we don't have as strict regulations or that our manufacturers are not capable of uh, of adhering to the regulations the question is when you find an issue with a manufacturing unit why does it why did it take the tragic deaths of 60 children and an international incident for this company that had clearly had had multiple violations in the past to finally have its manufacturing operation you know shut down by the haryana government which was responsible for doing it perhaps that could have been done a little bit earlier and why that wasn't done is something that i cannot answer but certainly it is perhaps due to what i mentioned that you know there are state regulators there's a central regulator and you, you know maybe we need a much stronger kind of coordination especially in cases of enforcement so talk to us a little bit about the drug authentication and verification application uh and uh, why we have this in place but we don't seem to have a system in place domestically as you were just talking to us about yes so i'll just contrast a couple of things one is the substandard medicines the the substandard medicines in order to identify them and catch them you need testing you need lab testing because that's how you really kind of determine what are the ingredients in it are they safe and are they what they claim to be the other issue which is a spurious drugs is one where really you know uh, obviously regulators have a job as well but in the at the end of the day you know i think it is something that we need to really empower consumers because while consumers may not have lab facilities to actually test uh, medicines they can have other techniques to detect whether what they are buying what they are holding in their hand is genuine or not and there are various solutions available for that uh, you know including what the the drug regulator in india has come out with uh, you know dc gi has uh, come out with a regulation for the for now for the top 300 brands in india to have qr codes on them that a consumer can scan 
and that will tell any patient what is the drug what is in the drug and is it actually what it what it claims to be from and there are security measures that can be built into it to to make sure that that it is something which you know uh, cannot be easily kind of uh, duplicated or fake so these kinds of technologies have been adopted globally and indeed indian exports are already covered by this the the dava or dava portal that you mentioned is now being replaced by an ayurveda portal uh, but the the system remains the same which is you put a marker on the drug which is typically a, a qr code or a barcode and you enable anyone to check it scan it and just make sure that it is what it claims to be and these kinds of solutions have been adopted by the us regulators have been adopted by the european regulators have been adopted are being adopted by african regulators uh, and as i mentioned india has already had it in exports and indeed was a pioneer in doing this for exports so finally we are seeing the same kind of technology being introduced at least for the top 300 brands in india and uh, we certainly hope that they go through and and actually implement it as scheduled in 2023 because i think it will be a major step forward uh, to empower consumers which i personally believe is something that we really need we need that awareness we need that empowerment of people when they are buying drugs uh, to be able to check for themselves of what they are buying so i think finally we are taking steps to protect you know domestic patients and i hope that we push forward and actually implement it as scheduled next year so how equipped are we you spoke about the necessity for labs to uh, test for uh, drugs in order to ensure that they are not substandard how equipped are we in terms of having uh, enough adequate labs enough uh, technicians enough um, enough human resources and everything else required in order to be able to do this uh, for a country that has uh, the kind of scale that india has both in terms of uh, drugs manufacturing and in terms of uh, consumers yes so uh, i i don't have the ready kind of stats on that uh, across the country but what i can tell you is that that when i've spoken to regulators in some of the large you know states in india when i've spoken to uh, and and seen you know drug controllers what we consistently hear from them is that Uh, you know the resources that they have uh, whether it be kind of you know the testing facilities or the drug inspectors are woefully inadequate uh, as compared to the size of the population and the number of distribution points including retail points you know that they have to oversee so it is an uphill battle for them and it is something that i feel we need to strengthen we need to have more resources in terms of testing we need to have more resources in terms of drug inspectors and we need the bad actors in our system whether it be the manufacturers uh, of spurious drugs or the or substandard drugs or it be the retailers who are trying to pass off uh, drugs that they know are either spurious or substandard to unsuspecting uh, patients and consumers i think we need them to be more kind of uh, afraid of that uh, that they will be brought to justice because there is a very strong enforcement testing and enforcement mechanism and i you know clearly right now you know i i think we are lacking a little bit on the resources front so so that is something that i hope we will take steps uh, to to give the drug regulators in the states uh, you know more resources so that they, they can conduct these kinds of activities a little more effectively
The CDSCO has uh, been criticized for being an opaque organization, sir. You pointed out that Made in Pharmaceuticals, which is involved in the current controversy uh, regarding the death of the children in Gambia, has been uh, over and over again, uh, like you have been pointed out in it. So, so what uh, can the regulators and should they be made more accountable? Um, well, well, I think uh, it is something that uh, what what CDSCO, you know, I think it has to do with the with the structure that exists, and the structure that exists is you know one where the state drug controllers are you know technically responsible for for catching and uh, bringing these manufacturers to to account and and suspending their licenses if you know uh, it warrants that. So. Right now, that kind of uh, responsibility perhaps, you know, may not lie technically with the CDSCO. So they would be in that sense right in saying, look, it is, it is not something that we are currently responsible for. So that's something that I feel, you know, we need to look at as a country, you know, we need to look at in terms of the Drugs and Cosmetics Act. And we need to ask ourselves what, it, what would be the most efficient and effective system uh, for uh, for doing this, and of course, there are many kind of challenges and and issues with that. You know, state versus center, and and how should that be kind of uh, addressed? But clearly, you know, we have seen at least from the maiden pharmaceuticals and from the JMK incident uh, that that sometimes things tend to fall through the cracks. So if there was a more coordinated system where you know incidents across states can be captured at a central level and uh, action can be taken. Um, I certainly think that that can make the system stronger. But as of right now, you know, it is, you know, I, I think CDSEO will say, look, we are doing what we are responsible for and states have to do what they are responsible for. But is that the most efficient system overall? That's something that I think we need to take a deeper look and address. So because if in... in Lacking a more efficient system, as you say, uh, makes the consumer or the person who's actually taking the drug the loser in the end, right? If it's substandard is spurious. At the end, at the end of the day, I think we all, uh, you know, have to remember that we're doing this for patients. At the end of the day, while there can be many reasons for this contamination in patent pharmaceuticals, you know, certainly it is very likely or possible that uh, the active ingredients in question that they used in it, uh, you know, you know, manufacturers, as you know, they don't manufacture the, the active ingredients themselves. In most of the cases, they will be getting them supplied from someone else. And in many of these cases, they're imported, right? They're not even manufactured in India. So it is in many of the cases. But so it is possible that the active ingredient, the DEG that was found in it, did not originate at Maiden Pharmaceuticals, and it is possible that that uh, that it it was uh, a, a lapse that happened further upstream in the supply chain. However, at the end of the day, you know the point is this: the point is, sixty people died, many of them children, and I think that's what we have to focus on. So, whatever it takes to change the laws, to get a more efficiency in the regulation, in, in the regulatory environment, to give more resources, to make consumers aware, whatever it takes, implement the solutions like track and trace uh, that we talked about and, and other kind of authentication technologies that can help, uh, you know, ensure that consumers are getting genuine drugs. 
whatever it takes, we must do that because at the end of the day, the patient suffers. I think we have to keep that at, at the forefront of our mind that children died here. And therefore, uh, you know, even if these incidents uh, don't happen every day, you know, or at least they don't get the kind of publicity that this one is getting, you know, it is something that is a problem. Even one incident is too many. That's what I always say. So I say, look, even if you believe, uh, you know, the CDSEO statistics say that 0.3% of all drugs are spurious. I say, okay, let us go by those numbers. Even then, is that 0.3% extrapolated to the number of people that are taking medicines in India? Crores, tens of crores of people that are taking medicines in India. Uh, you know, is it something that you are, we would accept? Even 0.3% would we accept that? No, we don't. Which is why, you know, I think we need uh, uh, we need to do what, what it takes to, to close the gap. Thank you so much for speaking to us, sir, today. It's been my pleasure, Zubeza. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.